Watch who? Hello and welcome to To Watch Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Sarah. And I'm a Doctor Who fan. And I'm new to watching Who. Yeah, watching for the very first time. Very first time. Oh, <laughs> my voice. There? It's too early. We do night times. This is daytime. I'm going to try that again. Do that again? <laughs> Just... Very first time. There we are. There we Just are. Just for the sake of it, we're going to get that out. Bloody hell. Um, and you join us, listener. We're on holiday, actually. <laughs> we're... um. We've taken Giles Kent's caravan out. Of course. By the beach. Uh, it's really nice in here, isn't it? Sure. Do you like the decor? <laughs> the little... <laughs> you know, the little um, seat thing that's like a a little bed thing? The and... little seat thing that's like a... Yeah. What, the massive... Like, on that, we'll talk about it in it, I'm sure, but who the fuck has, like, just a giant hole, like, human-sized space to hand like that? Well, it's very useful, isn't it? Turns out so, yeah. Anyway, right, we're, so we're here, and what's that outside? Is that a helicopter landing? Oh, my God. It is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> there, it there it is. There's someone at the door. So welcome, welcome our special guests, uh, Joe and Jack from the 9 one Be Praised podcast. Welcome to the caravan. Hey! <laughs> Welcome to the caravan. Um, Hello. We're, we're here to very viscerally and facetiously just smash up the entire place. <laughs> not our crockery. Not our crockery. Leave that alone. <laughs> Poor crockery. Poor imaginary crockery. I've built up this crockery collection. Giles Kent left it to me. Well, I am going to smash it to pieces. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, welcome. How was your helicopter ride with uh, Astrid? Yeah, divine. It was death-defying, I'll tell you. But I'm glad we're here. You're here to talk about Enemy of the World. But before we do that, um, do you want to tell us a bit about your podcast, The Nymon Be Praised? Go on, you, you go ahead. Yeah, yeah, sure. Assuming my internet connection allows me to speak for a sentence or two. <laughs> so Joe and I do uh, a Doctor Who podcast uh, called The Nymon Be Praised, named after the glorious Nymons from 1979's The Nymon Be Praised. Uh, sorry, no, The Horns of Nymon. Uh, and essentially, we just witter about for about two unedited hours of just us. You really can't that suggest that it's two hours. It's usually about three. It's three <laughs> plus. <laughs> and in fact, when Mark and Sarah came onto our podcast, it was nearly four. Because we spent <laughs> half an hour at the beginning not even talking about the subject we were supposed to be talking about, which is glorious. <laughs> that was really funny because I think once we finished recording, I went up to, I was chatting to Joe, I was like, we really should have got the bits that were not recorded because those oh, were just really funny. So many great jet gags we just never heard. <laughs> so, so Nymon be praised. So is it that you're both fans of that era of Doctor Who or? I think we're coming to the conclusion that we love it all. Even the really, really bad stuff. Even yeah. e even like the Web Planets era. We, we love it. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that particular, that's where we started. And I think that's why a lot of people have come to listen because we started with a Graham Williams story and that's not usually your usual in to finding mm. a fan base. And I've, I've, I enjoyed your Megalos episode recently. <laughs> talking about episodes of Doctor Who that maybe aren't the most popular. Um, but it, it has made me go back and watch Megalos. Oh, so... how did you find it on rewatch? Well, it's not my favourite of that season. <laughs> and <laughs> We've got a long way, Sarah, before yeah. we get there. <laughs> I was going to say. It's about a, a talking sentient cactus. 
Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Can't wait. So so what's coming up on your podcast? What other stories are? <laughs> uh, the process is not particularly thorough. The, the no. most consistent way we have done it has been uh, towards the end of an episode, we go, oh, we haven't chosen something for next week. What do you want to do? And then we'll pick an episode and then we'll never talk about that episode and we'll end up choosing something else. And then sort of midweek, I'll go, oh, Jack, Jack, let's do this. And it's like, but we promised in the episode we're going to do that. Yeah, never mind. And so we end up making like tons of false promises that we never, ever meet. <laughs> but coming up is, is one that uh, uh, is a long time in the making, about five weeks in the making. Uh, we're doing the trial of Stephen Moffat. Oh, uh, I'm prosecuting and Jack is defending and we're both very passionate about this one. That is going to be... Well, that's a big subject to tackle. That is... <laughs> it's been kind of like at various points, like, how do I defend six six seasons of television all at once? So it's been a bit of a head scratcher, but quite exciting whenever we actually get around to recording it. Whereas I was never- like, I never want to stop prosecuting those six seasons. So I am... <laughs> Shall we get into today's story? Because uh, you've chosen to come on to talk about the enemy of the world, which I say in a very like surprised way. It's a big <laughs> statement, isn't it, to be the enemy of the world? The whole thing. Yeah, so... Well, we'll try and go through in our usual way, uh, sort of in story order, and talk about things as things come up. But can I ask you both, what is your sort of first experience of this story of before it was, like, before it was missing? No, after it was missing. No, before it was missing. What am I talking about? I don't know, love. I don't know. Do you mean like before it was found? Before it was found, yes. That's what I mean. So we only had so we only had episode three for a very long time. So did you both experience just the episode three before it was found in 2013? Uh, for me, it was... I, I, okay, I wasn't one of those people that got on the bandwagon when this was found. I love this before it was found. So I listened to the audio and I did a review of the audio on my blog uh, where I went mad in love with this story. Then when it came back and I saw it, I was really scared because as an audio, it is actually really good. It's a lot of politics. There's a lot of talking. So it works. It's not like a lot of action. So it works really Mm. well on audio. And it was really fantastic. So I was really pleased uh, that when it was recovered, it was as good as I thought it was going to be. I um, kind of, uh, I I never watched it beforehand. So I I knew of it and I was very intrigued by it because obviously, you know, Patrick Trout was playing the Doctor and the villain in the story. So I was naturally drawn to it. But I never, I never listened to the recording of it. I didn't even know, because I think, was it episode three was the one that was Mm. still in archives? Uh, When it was rediscovered, um, I uh, bought the DVD and just, uh, I think, watched it in one go uh, and just absolutely loved it. I think it's a, fantastic story and um i haven't watched in a very long time so i put it on today uh and just was really i hadn't seen it uh since about five years ago when i watched it with my dad um and just kind of going back through i was like oh this is really quite good and i was yeah loved it but yeah i very much came to it after um it was rediscovered because i think maybe is this a fan thing where it was like where were you when you heard (laughs) When you heard the enemy of the world and the following story was, just to explain to Sarah, in 2013, 50th anniversary of Doctor Who, two like stories came back. 
that were found Ooh. and it was a big it was a big deal at the time and they they were like the BBC announced it and then they like dropped it on like iTunes at midnight to download the episodes mm. it was like a a huge thing two o'clock in the morning I was watching this from two till six in the morning and I was working the next day but I was like I need to see this I've got to see this you know <laughs> it's so weird because it was so exciting I think I heard the news and I was like oh great they've you know amazing someone has you know, found these episodes, great, we've got another, however many it was, back in the archive. And then I was like, oh, I'll wait for the DVD. I didn't bother downloading, like, the whole... I was like, well, they're there now, they exist. That's I'm not so in any new. rush. I don't know why, I was just like, I'm, I'm just glad they're there. I know, you know, the knowledge is there, they're there. I will, I'll wait and then watch them. So I didn't really watch Enemy of the World right through straight to away. add to the DVD collection, that's all it was. You were just yeah. like, well... Yeah, and it just wasn't bothering. And following story, which I don't want to go into like spoilers for Sarah. Uh, I think everyone was more excited for the following story than this story. Right. Uh, but then I think, yeah, fan opinion of this story has gone right up since it was discovered. Because episode three, I yeah, I watched a few times. I was like, oh, there's no monsters. It's just a bit. There's some nice wallpaper. Not you know, not much else. <laughs> But you um, know, I think it's gone the other way, hasn't it? A little bit. Like this story is now held up really, and and when yeah. they found the other one, that reputation notched down well, a little bit. Which yeah, is interesting. Mm, yeah, which is then interesting for these people that have the episodes in their basement. What uh, do they think about <laughs> some no. of these missing stories? Let it go. Whoever's got Marco Polo might be like, yeah, it's really rubbish. Like, I'm not going to give this to anyone. <laughs> no, I'm doing this a favour. <laughs> Well, in a twist, anyway. uh, twist surprise, I have to tell you that I am, in fact, that person. It was me all along. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's not me. I wish. I wish. Someone out there, someone's got a few episodes. I don't think Mark would <laughs> if speak you can to hear you me again right now. What? I don't think you'd speak to Joe again if it was Joe holding him to... <laughs> but then he could so. come over and watch them. That's not what Mark... Mark's belief is that they should be shared for all. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, this ends yeah. here then, Mark. Sorry. <laughs> now listen, there are three of us here. We've all had a look. Well, if you're that definite, I'll contact Giles. Now, we'll take care of this ourselves. Listen, Anton, you'll do nothing without Giles's agreement. There isn't time. Make time. You think I'm going to pass up a chance like this? You're crazy. Well, at least wait till I get there. Anton. Anton. We are in Australia. Yes. In this. Yes. <laughs> it's very hot. Australasian isn't it? zone. With no Australian accents from anyone. No. Well, oh. some pretty terrible. There was one near the beginning that was awful. Oh, yes. You said that, that, didn't you? Well, I said to Mark, I went, Mark, there's no Australian accents. And he went, yeah, there is. And he went, look, this person is. And they were talking. I went, Mark, how much Neighbours do you watch? Like, <laughs> you know what an Australian accent is. That is not an Australian accent. Um, actually, okay. Can I, can I just ask, Jack, are you anywhere near Melbourne? You're not, are you? No, 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 no. I'm um, in Canberra, so I'm oh, okay. far, very far, far away. But, you know, still okay. close to many Australian accents, which would take issue with the, some yeah. of the deliveries okay. here. No. I won't, I won't. Being filmed. Is that Canberra Sands or somewhere? Aren't Neighbours? No, no. Is Neighbours filmed in Canberra Sands? <laughs> um, I think it's like, maybe it's like Dorset or something. It's a nice beach. Uh, if I was just like, well, that's not no beach I've ever been to. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, I was going to ask, actually, when was the last time we all went to the beach? Because I haven't been for a very long time. 
What do you mean, beach with sand? Yeah, I think beach. Well, beach, beach with sea. Mean, Mark, no, we like, climb rocks. Yeah, no, I don't call beach. that a beach. No, like, right, I mean like a I mean. proper like sea beach. I mean, I, I, live, I live on the coast, so I went to the beach yesterday, but it was a pebbly beach. Yeah. Well, the the thing with me is that because Canberra's very inland, so we've got one ginormous man-made lake, and that's about it. Um, so the last time I was at a beach must have been about uh, a year and a half ago, I think. I have a friend who um, lives around here, but she was originally from um, uh, Western Australia, where they have like bright weather and beautiful beaches. And every now and again, because that's where she grew up, she would just go, I need to leave Canberra. I just need to go back to a real beach. Um, <laughs> which has been tough for her recently but but yeah i yeah beaches wonderful i've never been to this one in particular <laughs> i have absolutely no they don't actually say where they land do they where in australia no, no it's just australia australian zone australian <laughs> thank you australasian australasian zone. thank you but i tell you it's it's beautifully directed all of that like it's really nice to be out in the open spaces and having some action so are we all shocked that the doctor goes into the sea like that cuz that's a that's a moment isn't it wearing long johns well yeah exactly <laughs> he's he's he very much frolics doesn't he he has a good frolic although to be fair Right, they have been in ice for like two episodes, like two stories previously. So anything that isn't ice, I reckon I'd be frolicking too. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't look hot there. It seems to be some beach in Dorset, doesn't it? So, (laughs) in reality, I think he does a good job at making it seem warmer. Well, yeah, it's a nice, fun opening. Um, And it's what also, it's what in whatever 60s era year we're in. Um, they thought 2018 was going to be like. Well, yeah, it says because Astrid's um, helicopter license is is up in 2018, isn't it? Yeah. So. Uh, oh yeah, it's yeah. the past now, isn't it? Yeah. So that happened. So now it's the past. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I felt aggressively unfashionable when I realised that 2018 happened, and suddenly I wasn't wearing all these high collars that everybody <laughs> was wearing in 2018. I know the fashion of 2018 is very like. High contemporary 60s, if I'm honest, but, you know. Yeah, we've had that the last few stories. Like, in the Ice Warriors, it was all these sort of yeah. white things with collars, and, yeah, it's all very... That's the future. Things go in waves in fashion. <laughs> well, talking about clothes watch, um, Victoria and Jamie are in nice sort of matching outfits. They've both got their tartan skirts on. So here's so my question. I you like that, didn't you? Yeah. We've had Jamie, like do his casual weird flirt with Victoria, which was, like, very odd. And he's... In this one, he refers to as his girlfriend. Now, granted, it's fine. Like, is that a thing? Are they, like, an item? And are they dressed the same? Well, I was reading on TARDIS Wiki earlier about Victoria, and she's supposed to be... She's supposed to be 14, 15. Oh, what? Which I was really surprised at. And Jamie's supposed to be 22. There was a moment a where um, <laughs> Victoria was in Jamie's lap in the helicopter. <laughs> yeah. And he looked really unhappy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I know Fraser Hines himself probably was extremely happy in that moment. I think they went out in real life just for a little bit around this time. They must have. Yeah. I reckon they did. There's good yeah. chemistry. Yeah. yeah. Well, better than Polly. Oh, yeah. Better than Polly. Anything's better than Polly. Yeah. yeah, they're suited to each other, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I like. I was like, are they... Like... Because, I mean, bear in mind, like, 
when they first met, it was Jamie saving Victoria and this sort of, you know, save the woman mm. idea. Um, are they like a thing now? Yeah, I think so. I, and I an, think an she's, I think thing. she's older than fourteen, fifteen. <laughs> Can I just say? <laughs> I think I'd say she's like. I always thought she was like eighteen or something. No, I reckon in my head she's like sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. She's over sixteen, but she's not more than eighteen. Well, yeah. so this hovercraft turns up, and we get the helicopter, and we get a lot of action in this first episode. Um, Victoria's scared of the helicopter to begin with. Um, and Jamie. And, well, actually, Jamie and Victoria are like, what is this hovercraft thing? Also, Jamie has been on like an airport runway. He has seen these things before, surely, but apparently we forget that. Because I was, because um, I'm a bit out, I haven't watched many of the uh, Trown stories and I haven't seen many from this season. Uh, so I immediately when um, Victoria was like, no, I can't, I can't. I was like, why not? It's a helicopter. And then a brief second later, I was like, oh, of course, but they're from different time periods. But then I was like, surely at this point in their run, they've seen like a helicopter before or like a spaceship. I mean, to yeah. be fair to Victoria, if it was like, let's all cram in the front of this helicopter, I would be like, no, I can't do that. I, and I, it doesn't look very safe, <laughs> especially because there's a hole in the fuel tank. I, I would, it's I wouldn't just, do. I go on the hovercraft. I wouldn't go in the helicopter. I can understand Victoria, but Jamie was on an airline, like it's a flight to space. Flight to space. <laughs> he's been on an air, like you know, he's he has actually been on aircraft before, and also they have been like, you know, whatever around the, like they've been in the TARDIS for a while now. Maybe it was like the urgency of the situation. It was like they didn't really have time to think. It was just get on this thing and let's go. And we meet Astrid. Action woman Astrid, I'm going to call her. I love her. Like how unusual to have a strong woman like that right in the middle of a 60s story. Well, maybe Barbara, but after Barbara. Yeah. She's She's very like Sarah Super Trooper, isn't she? Sarah Kingdom. Sarah Kingdom. (laughs) But she's... I don't know, but she's better. I, she's just, yeah, she is amazing in this. Super Trooper had flaws. She doesn't. Well, you, she's been doing this for a long time. She's obviously in this world and in this situation. It's her job. Mm. She's, she is, I she's mean. She's not afraid to kill. No, exactly. Yeah, she's amazing. Karate chop and fire and yeah. drive a helicopter. She gets, she gets shot in the arm, doesn't she? She is really cool. And then we meet Giles, Giles Kent. His. Played by Bill Kerr, which I was really surprised that went because I know him from Hancock's Half Hour. I don't know if anybody. <laughs> no, no, we're not that old. No. What are you saying? No. <laughs> okay, no. I think no. So that's like a fifties BBC comedy, of course. And he played. He's an, he is Australian. He's real life Australian, I think. Oh, oh I shouldn't Mark. have said that. He is, isn't he? I think he I is. Yeah, to, he is. Yeah, because I was tuning into the accent on that one. I was like, no, that does sound that 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 does that sounds like the real deal. So he sounds more Australian in Hancock's Half Hour. Okay. Um, so I know him from that. So that's really strange to because I've heard his voice for years and years and years. Until I watched this, I'd never, I had no idea what he looked like. Well, I, so, I want to like preempt the ending because like Doctor Who does not normally pull off these last minute twists of character. I think that's done really well in this because mm. when I first heard it, I was convinced he was just out to bring him down. And then at the end, you're like, uh, what? He wants to take over? Yeah, it's a great twist. And he um, he's really good at doing it. Like, it's just really well done. Yeah. 
We both were like, what? Yeah, because I've, I've got the CD, but I don't think, I haven't sort of tuned in. By the time it gets to the end of the CD, I'm not really listening for a lot of these ones. So, <laughs> and, and I don't think I'd really watched this very much before we watched it properly. So I was shocked at the end. I had no idea that that was going to happen. And they get this like terrific uh, sort of end of season, you know, the two villains confronting each other moment. Yeah. Oh, it's so tense. I love it. And kind of, and one of the things that makes the twist really great as well is that even though it's a real shocker, it's also very believable that he would do it because throughout the story, he's been consciously like blackmailing the doctor by, you know, first, uh, you know, getting the soldiers around and forcing him to do the salamander impression and then, you know, essentially blackmailing him later by going, you want to rescue your friends, don't you? Um, so you need to do this for me. So he he's not entirely trustworthy. So when it comes back around later, you're like, oh, shit. But also, yeah. it makes sense. But they do that great think- bit in the middle, don't they, where... Um- the guard goes, well, the crockery bit, where they, they're really, like, abusing him, aren't they? Like, like, treating him terribly. So they convince you that this guy's a victim. And he's yeah. evil. Yeah, yeah. That's so good. So Giles Kent explains about Salamander, and we get this set up. And I think us watching it, we know that there's this double of of the Doctor. But Sarah, when did what were you thinking when this was... Well, the first thing I thought was, we've done this before. You're talking about the massacre. Yes. But that's completely different. Well, yes and no, actually, because the massacre, I spent the whole time, it was so poorly explained. I spent the whole time being like, is that the doctor pretending to be? Or like, or, and also in the massacre, actually, he is playing that another character. Uh, yes, he is. Yeah. The so Abbot. it is the same. Yes. So actually, <laughs> <laughs> just going back around but circle, this, I Mark. think this is completely different to the massacre. It's, it's more Salamander is a main character. He's... It's more in depth, and you actually have the Doctor around. That's the difference. Yeah. So, whereas in like the massacre, you had the Doctor playing another character, however poorly done it felt, he was playing another character. This one, you have the Doctor playing another character, but also playing the Doctor. Yes, yeah. So, are you saying that you weren't surprised, or you were? I was just like, oh well, we've been here before. So you, it was just nothing. It just meant it nothing just to a, you. It, it wasn't meant exciting. Nothing. Right, okay, no, there we it, are. There we are. It was just a thing. I was like, well, let's see how this one does. Okay. But you know, he's he's got some charisma, hasn't he? Like it's a, it's a I think it's a really great performance. It is. He's really good. And, he's, and it shows actually his versatility as an actor in that he um he very much you he you can t- not just an accent wise, but the way he plays the two. Like if you remove the accent as a performance, they are completely different. And like, you wouldn't get William Hartnell doing Salamander. <coughs> oh, I'd love to see it, though. Yeah. <laughs> but I, apparently... Would you? Would you? <laughs> <laughs> Always. Behind the scenes, apparently, um, uh, Fraser Hines and Patrick Troughton used to, like, <laughs> take the mickey and do practical jokes on Deborah Watling, who plays Victoria all the time. And this was her first chance to get her revenge, because when she heard the accent that he was doing... She was like, really? You're going to do it like that? <laughs> and she really ripped him. But he just goes for it, doesn't he? It's like a mm. performance from like kind of five to ten, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm. And one of my favourite little moments from Troughton in this story, I think it's in episode one where um, they pointed out that, you know, um, he looks exactly like Salamander and the Doctor's kind of 
uh, it's a close up of his face and he's quietly trying to pitch his voice to the accent and kind of capture his face, uh, his mannerisms and his expression. And it's like really minute and he's kind of like clearing his throat and adjusting his voice. And it's just wonderful to watch. Like me at the start of our introduction, trying to sing our thing. <laughs> uh, what was it he said? We still cannot guarantee good summer holidays for no guarantee no no guarantee. See, it's very difficult. He tell the doctor tells them. He's like, "Oh yeah, I think I can impersonate." It was going to take me about three to four weeks. Give me that much time. You've it's like, no, minutes. you've got to do it right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> three to four weeks. I mean, that's a bit. The doctor like... likes to get in character, doesn't he? <laughs> that's going to take a while. Yeah, uh, but I, that first episode is so good. The, the action, the location filming, and then you get the story, and it's easy to follow. We yeah. know that Salamanders doing something with the environment or volcanoes. Have I understood that right? Yeah. Yeah. He's controlling natural disasters. Natural disasters, it's yeah. Not, but natural disasters, he can predict natural disasters, basically. I don't think even in our wildest imaginations we ever would have thought how he was doing that, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. And then in episode two, we meet Bruce. Yeah. The sort of security guy all in black with the glasses. I don't know, he sort of is he's at the beginning of the story and then he sort of disappears for a bit and then turns up a bit later on. Again, he gets, he's completely different by the end of the story because you think he's the guy that's like, and then he's sort of on their side at the end. Oh, right, okay, yeah? yes, sorry. Yeah. No, I wondered what this, Mark did I don't like know what sort I'm of doing weird here. running movement. <laughs> that's my and I was Bruce. trying to, I was trying I to work out what that meant. <laughs> I don't know what that means. That's what, you know, that's he's Bruce. very like running. He's like this, isn't he? He's like, being Bruce. <laughs> I don't think we ever see him running, you know? No. <laughs> no. Well, you no, know what's right about him? Shouting very urgently. Is the yeah. actor, the actor really did not want to play that part. He was not impressed to be in Doctor Who at all. Really? Apparently. And I don't think you can tell. He still gives a really good performance. Yeah, he's great. He does. He does. And we meet the real Salamander now in episode two. Um, that's so good. And then we have all of this sort of poison plot in episode two Oh, right, so when you sorry, hang on. I had a moment then when you said the real salamander. I was like, there was another salamander? <laughs> but no, you meant, we met salamander. Yes, yeah. 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 And then you sort of really get into the injury. And what what are you thinking, Sarah, going into, like, um, as, it, as it's progressing? I don't know. It was, I mean, it was good. Um, it 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 was a good story. I was following it. Yeah. We met some nice characters. It was interesting to see like how they were mixing all these new characters into the story without it getting too confusing. Because I thought you might be getting <laughs> this sounds really bad. No, oh, hang, no, on. hang on. You thought I was getting confused. What no, was no. happening? No, was... no, no. I thought you were getting sort of bored. It was just a bit too talky. No, no, no. See what was happening was um <laughs> I oh no 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 not with not yet not at episode two no it was later that I decided I needed to get new broadband. <laughs> oh no yeah, like, yeah. we were watching and Sarah's on her phone like just doing a sort of admin. Um, that's a bit <laughs> yeah, later on. That was later. No, I got an email being like your broadband's running out now. And I was like, oh, I'm going to forget this. Let's just find a new provider. Now. Anyway, so while while Sarah's sorting out a broadband, we've got. Danish did the whole sign up and everything. I'm now with BT. <laughs> is it is it Danish that's getting poisoned? 
<laughs> that you obviously don't care about. I get a little. I get a little bit confused by the characters' names. There are. I, there's quite a lot of people to keep track there's a of. Lot. Um, the 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 bald bearded guy, isn't he? That he's a bit wimpy. Yeah, the wimpy one. Oh, I was is that like... Danish? Is that Danish? I thought who was the other one? That's the head of that. That gets shot. That gets shot. Oh, uh, um, Danish. Yeah, yeah. I thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's, two there's two Danishes. Hang on. Federin is the one with the beard. That's right. Yeah. Federin is the wimpy one. Right, Federin. So as soon as and Federin came on the screen, I turned to Mark and went, he's going to die. And it is incredible. <laughs> Nobody can do, I'm being di- k- killed from poison. Like, no one can underplay that, can they? <laughs> and, it just, and it was like, I said to you, I was like, he's going to die. <laughs> it took him quite tell. a while, though. He lasted a, quite yes, a while. Like, full props to Salamander. He didn't bust out like his finest bottle of wine to do it with. So if you're yeah. going to go, go with <laughs> a nice glass go. of wine. And all yeah. they wanted him to do was to murder somebody. I mean, it was yeah. a lot to ask. Yeah, that started for me just to get a little bit... Because whenever I've watched episode three, you've already got all of that set up and you're like, hang on, what's... What's happening? Episode three is like the one that was in the archives, isn't it? And it's so weird that they kept that one because episode one's got all the action. Episode six has got like all of the confrontations. Episode three, they're just like someone's being guarded in the corridor for like half an hour. Oh, and he's reading like travel books. (laughs) (laughs) Although that is really nice wallpaper. I like this. I like the design of the houses in in this time. Can I, I did need to make a point about like the funky psychedelic wallpaper that Astrid has in 2018. I really like Astrid's house. Yeah, I totally live there by the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Take me hovercraft out for shopping. For shopping. Um, <laughs> what episode three does have though is that that chef character and he's wonderful. Oh, oh let's I go on to the soup. So we've got the food taster, Faria. Oh, she's marvellous as well. Oh, yes! Faria! Faria? Faria Faria or Faria? It's Faria, Faria because because... we've got a new track for Sarah's album. Here we go. (laughs) Faria, I just met a girl named Faria. From West Side Story. (laughs) (laughs) And she tasted my food. No. What was that? Jesus Christ. Pitch perfect. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Um, when did that happen? <laughs> I thought we. Were, I just remember singing. I just met a girl named Faria who tasted my food. <laughs> Faria tasted your Maria, food. Maria, I'm trying to think of any of the songs with Maria and f- food. Food and there's not. There's one that goes like Faria. You gotta see her. Isn't there a song like that? Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, duh, duh. Taste your food. <laughs> no, anyway, let's, let's just about? move on. Let's move on from this because it's just going to get worse. <laughs> anyway, she's the food taster. Um, <laughs> I have no idea how she's kept her job when she just like makes this guy think he's been poisoned. Yeah. Like a yeah. government official. <laughs> and I was just. But that shows the power of Salamander, and doesn't it? Like he's pretty, he's such a big deal. He can have a really sarky, arsy food taster. But to like what people say, there's sort of like a, she hints at sort of some past. Like you, I don't know. It's 
there's something there, isn't there? You never really, she never really explains, but there's quite a lot of times where she's like, oh, if you, if you knew or you, you know, yeah. she says something and you're like, hang I on, what does knew. that mean? What, what are they hinting at? That was quite dark. Hmm. Unexplained and backstory. And he, I did I did think I, I noted it down when Salamander is like, why do you work here as a food taste? And Salamander's like, she was hungry. Um, That's a great and, line. Uh, That's terrific. And now she, and, yeah, and he's like, and she now has all the food in the world, but now she's lost her appetite. Yeah, yes. That's really, I didn't yeah. like that. No. Well, it just shows, it, it shows us to an audience that this isn't a nice guy. There's something, we don't know what, but he's not a nice guy. But yeah. you know what? Mm. She's another strong female character. She's great. Uh, but that's two in one sixty story. Like this is rare. Mm. Yeah, mm. she's I, like we really liked Faria. Yeah, I was so upset when she got shot. Yeah, yeah, that's re- that's right. graphic as well, isn't it? They don't hold yeah. back on that. I think she's going to get a bravery Oscar, possibly. I think she needs to be there. But she's up for nomination, definitely. Yeah, that she's, kind of that great. horrid camp security man. It's like yeah. torturing her while she's still alive, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, what, but she, uh, what's his name? Oh, are you talking about... I'm um, talking about Mullet Man. Mullet Man, yeah, that's Benick. Benick. He Benick. is 100% up for a Doska for villain. He is horrible. He is horrible. There is nothing nice about him. Like, at least Salamander, to some extent, when he's talking with officials, pretends to be nicer. Do you know, like... He's, like, charming. He, yeah, absolutely. Bennett is not like, and he do, and he knows as well. He knows so much, and that he aids the bad side of Salamander. He is bad apple. He I says know. at one point, doesn't he? Like, um, what is it? I had a really enjoyable childhood. Like, oh yeah, hurting yeah. people whilst he's holding Victoria and like threatening to oh, yeah. hurt her. But if, yeah, yeah. He says, like, I, I had such a happy childhood. Yeah. Yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> that was better than Mark's our food. <laughs> Sorry, I'll make sure I get the fringe going for my next impression. Thank you. <laughs> no, I think I think he secretly has a bit of a thing for Salamander because he's always very happy to yeah. see him. And he's obsessed, yeah. like, where is he? Where is he? What's he yeah. doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He knows so much. Like he he does it really well because like whenever he's on the screen you're like you are a dick, like you are not nice you're a dick, um and and you're creepy you're slimy and creepy. He's he does a camp, isn't he? Like there's a bit of a camp in his about. There is, yeah. But one of my favourites is when he is you know breaking all the crockery and he gets Giles's photos like happy memories and then just <laughs> smashes it. <laughs> yeah. He's just he's just not nice. He's 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 great at not being nice. And also, whereas like sometimes you get someone that's not nice and then they turn around towards the end, he's just not nice throughout. He maintains that dick character. With Doctor Who baddies, I, I often like don't find them like dangerous to watch, but with him, I genuinely feel like no, that he could do some real harm. Like mm. Yeah. You just know you can. Yeah, and I love that at the end of the story, he like tries to take the gun and run off, and then he gets surrounded. Then he goes, "I expect a fair trial, or whatever it was." <laughs> yeah. Well, go back. So we got Jamie and Victoria. So there's this plan that's put together, and I think it's sort of off screen because that's where I was like, "Hang on, what's happened?" A second. The Doctor stays with uh, Kent, 
And then Jamie and Victoria are like transported off by rocket to Salamander's house. So Jamie gets this job as this security guard yeah. and plants this bomb and it's all a setup to get in. And Victoria gets a job in the kitchen. So we follow And them. we meet the great chef. And we meet the chef. And the all, fantastic, all of that. sarcastic chef. Yeah. And I don't think Victoria's ever been in the kitchen. Oh my gosh. Her, like when he's like, tell us like your recipe. It, it's just the most painful thing to watch. Tell us like food. <laughs> She's like, oh, um, um, potatoes and there's lunch <laughs> and um, uh, I'm like, oh my God. Like even if you're on pressure, literally that is painful. Although if you have a Doctor Who party, if you have a Doctor Who party, you've got to make Victoria's recipes. What, whatever that was. <laughs> Me and a pudding. Yeah. Oh, and it's so tasty. Pies a cake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then do you remember like, his reaction peel though? Spuds. Yeah, peel those spuds now. <laughs> I made actually. I did make. I was trying to find a photo of it. I was really when this came out on DVD. I was really happy, and I made a cake, and I did the design like the DVD <laughs> of Enemy of the World. I'll have to show you a picture. Were we friends? No, I couldn't find it. I, what? Were we friends then? No. Well, <laughs> yeah, but no. <laughs> no. So I did like a salamander. <laughs> like I decorated, I decorated a salamander on the front. I'll have to find it. So, um, anyway, there we go. That's uh, food talk. It's really, yeah, of course, 2013 because it's a 50th year. But, but it's really weird knowing Mark doing things like that, but knowing Mark at the same time. As in, it's your Doctor Who because we just didn't talk about Doctor Who. No. Yeah. That, yeah. That's what I mean. Okay, like, right, yeah, I didn't come into work and be like, I've made an enemy of the world cake. <laughs> <laughs> or right. even like I've made a cake this weekend for a Doctor Who you just never would have said any of that well I just made it and ate it there wasn't much else to talk about <laughs> <laughs> but I decided to decorate it as enemy of the world that's all oh, that's question then has all of this given you an insight into Mark's world this whole sort of Doctor Who world uh, but I feel like just before this I got into Mark's world like because he would send me his pictures from his uh, conventions things anyway so like that wasn't new but it's just when we actually did work together like there was like this period where I just didn't know well yeah well I didn't really yeah yeah you didn't talk, yeah, well, well, you we didn't didn't talk, talk about, about it, it did we no, no we it's didn't just really, really talk funny. about it yeah we were just talking usually laughing about like stuff Although, at work just this is going on but the you weren't there at the previous director Mark no he was a big Doctor Who fan no way and but I didn't even talk to him about Doctor Who because he would be in his office playing like the music, like the Eleventh Doctor, like soundtrack and stuff, really oh loud, my God. and you could hear it from the off, like in the office. <laughs> oh my God. He loved, like he loved Doctor Who, but we never talked about it. How odd! How funny! Yeah, I think I do the same thing as well. But I think for me, I'm not sure if it's the same with you. For me, it's like if. It's like if anybody ever mentioned the show, it's like a trap card for me. I'd, I'd just be like, I'll just start talking. And I'll just never yeah. stop. It's like, so anytime I'll just be like, oh, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the show. Now you've got me going. We're going to be here for the next three hours. Um, and it just doesn't stop, at least for me. Now that, no, no, now that you've kind of gone through the 60s, 60s stuff, have you ever like casually mentioned it and people just made it? Wow, you must be such a big fan. All the time. All the time. 
So, um, like, if you're going on dates and things, and it, like, oh, I do, what do you, oh, I'm doing a podcast. It's about Doctor Who. I've so much doc, like early years Doctor Who knowledge that I don't give a shit about. We proved this the other day because you did the commentary and you listed all the companions in order. I did. Like, but I don't really, I've like zero interest I mean, to like. I'm surprised you mentioned the massacre earlier. I thought yeah. that would have long gone. Like, it, It's there. This is what I mean. Like, it's so unfortunate. This is now, it's there. Somewhere in there, this information does stay. Whether I want it to or not. <laughs> There's no going back now. I know, that's a sad thing. <laughs> I remember with one of my best friends at university, she um, uh, sat me down and she's like, Jack, you know, you're doing a degree in like international politics. You don't know half stuff, but you're every version of Sharda. How, do you, how does that work in your head? I know. Uh, sorry, we anyway. completely detoured and made anyway, yeah, so question mark. Sorry. What are we talking about? Well, well, yeah, Victoria was in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we, she she is very bad at doing that trolley. We, her trolley acting isn't great. when she, she couldn't keep that trolley in a straight line going she down the corridor. She could not. She was so bad at that. Yeah. Can I just say about Victoria, right? She's just useless in this. Like, what does she um, do in this? You've got two strong women and then there's Victoria. Well, actually, I, I still quite like Victoria. I'm still surprised that I do. She did have a moment in this where she went to go and hit Salamander, but it was the Doctor. You know, it, I think that was in episode five or six. I yeah. thought that was quite a. But she is like she she is the victim in this, though, isn't she? Like this story, though, Jamie and Victoria. I mean, other than really early on, where it's getting them into the thing, into the. House, I don't know. It's, I would say palace. Oh, it's not a palace. Where they're on the third bench on the left or whatever they have. Oh to be yeah. At. Well, Mark said something. <laughs> Mark went. You said something. What have I missed? Something? What's going on? Oh, I swear. I haven't got a clue. When I just know that they're sat on like the third bench in the park or somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, and it's some terrible backdrop, isn't it? Because Victoria said she counted. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There we go. You mentioned like she can't keep the trolley in a straight line, and when he, the guy um, Farron Farron is that his name um, tries to trick her, trick her with the salt. Oh yes, um, yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. and ha- as somebody who used to work in hospitality, when she just kind of panics and runs back to the kitchen <laughs> and then leaves the food in transit, I was like, "What are you?" Yeah, she's not great. I mean, she's, she's never, never done to that. Do to be fair, she's never done that before. She's been in a Victorian household. She's never had to cook or push a trolley or get the salt. Oh, get the salt. <laughs> yeah, the Daleks always brought her food, didn't they? That's true. <laughs> what to her? Yeah. Yeah. In this, though, do you not think, like, like, the guest characters are so strong that, like, the companions are actually, they can be sidelined because the other characters are yeah. so good. Well, yeah, Victoria, she's, she's all right in this. She has a few moments, but then... Even Jamie, he starts off quite strong, and then towards the end, Jamie and Victoria aren't even in the last scenes. They go back to the TARDIS. They're sat in a TARDIS, yeah. Yeah, and aren't for like two episodes they're jailed or something? They're imprisoned. Well, they're not knocked out. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're sort of written out. out, aren't they? Because yeah, yeah you, they're, they're are they on awesome. holiday. I don't think they're on actual holiday, um, but yeah, they're just not really needed, are they? Because there's so much. Because then, okay, let's get on. Let's get on to sort of the end sort of we're skipping ahead a lot part four so oh yeah the bunker so we get we see the underground rocket and the bunker 
And so when we when we watched this, we had a break up to part. We broke at part four, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. So we broke. And at I that think cliffhanger. this is where the story. It's st- if we had if we didn't have the bunker and all of that stuff, I think this story would be a bit of a slog. But that really that was a good cliffhanger, it was and we were so just good. that sort of brought yeah. it back up. Again, I said didn't to it? you actually, I said like it needed this. It needed this like complete. And actually, I said to Mark like for Patrick Charlton. Actually, he almost plays like three characters. He plays the doctor, and he plays Salamander upstairs, and then he plays Salamander downstairs because the one downstairs gets radiation all the time. Like he's a very more t- like he plays it being Salamander, but being this other character that's timid and more, you know. So he's almost like three different personas that he's playing mm. by this point. I'm going to trump you. It's five, really, isn't it? Because then he plays Salamander playing the doctor. And then yes. the dogs are playing Salamander yeah. as well. It's yeah. Really confusing. Yeah. <laughs> but it shows how good Patrick Troughton is that you you okay. do follow that. Like whatever is like, you know, we go back to the massacre. Like I I was like, is it the doctor? Who knows? This one is very clear. Even when like at, you know, jumping ahead, but when he goes onto the TARDIS, you know, you know that's not the Doctor, and it's not just because you've just seen him before. You know the way he's playing that. That is not the Doctor. He's uh, he's like good. a like a character actor of some repute, like yeah, before yeah. Doctor Who and after Doctor Who, and you can see why. Yeah, absolutely, he's great. Does he get a holiday somewhere else in the series because he's like doubling up in in the roles in this series where he's like <laughs> reduced a little bit, or is it just? Patrick Trance's full blast the whole time. Well, well, you see, because the Doctor, the actual Doctor is written out for, I don't know if you see the actual Doctor in episode two or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I think all of this is just one scene. I think it's, because the, the Doctor is quiet. I think he's just in that one scene. He's just in that, and then he's Salamander for, he's more Salamander, because actually if you add up all the Doctor scenes, he's not in it as much. No. I wonder if he got paid extra to be another character. <laughs> well, I'm doing behind the scenes trivia here, but like he said to Barry Letts in this story that he was exhausted, and you're right. Yeah, not just knocking everything <laughs> over. Yeah, I'm fine. He said to Barry Letts in, in this story, who's the director, that he was really exhausted and that he wanted to leave the show because it was just like draining the life out of him, and it was a good sort of year and a half before he went but you can see why in this one because that's a lot of work for one man can we get can we go on to a moment which we laughed at and i think it's a very like in we wouldn't have known you wouldn't this wouldn't have been picked up on a telly snap or a photo the woman with the pram oh yeah do you know do you do you know what i mean with the woman with the pram i'm trying to remind you know where there's like a shot of the security guards and then there's just woman. oh yes (laughs) that is such that is the revelation of this story coming back (laughs) <laughs> that's a deliberate that visual going? marker do you know what that is that's um it's from an alfred hitchcock film and there is a scene from a window shot down and the woman goes past with a pram and so he's restaging that the director no way yeah <laughs> we burst out laughing it was just all these guards like and then there's just a woman with a pram Cash. that's just a moment that makes the story for me <laughs> I like to think the baby in the pram has one of those ridiculously oversized cannon rifles as well. It was just so it's random. Such a great, but it's such a great little like they didn't have to do that. It's just that just creates that world and that 
scene in that. You've been casting Doctor Who. What am I? Woman with pram. (laughs) Brilliant. Certainly Alfred Hitchcock was watching The Enemy of the World Part 4 or 5. He was like, ah, that's for me. (laughs) There I am. Then we go, in the underground, can we just say, my favourite characters, Mary and Colin. Uh, Here we go. They are so good. Mary and Colin do remind me a little bit of Spitha and... Spitha and Altos from Keys of Mariners. Very Spitha and Altos-y. I don't know who you are. But you must be carrying radiation. What? You're from the surface, aren't you? Radiation? How did you get down here? Did you see Salamander? And Swan, what about Swan? Swan sent me. Swan, where is he? He's dead. You see, Colin Salamander was right. He always said if we went up to the surface, we'd die of radiation. No, not radiation. But, like, pitched at, like, level 100. Oh, yeah. Like, the acting is ridiculous. He also, as an actor, reminded me of James Norton. So I, that every time I came on the screen, I was like, I didn't remember him as Colin. I was like, oh, here's our Norton lookalike. And she looks like that girl from Harry Potter. The yes. blonde one. Um, Luna Lovegood. Oh, Lovegood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we are. That's what they look like, yeah. But oh, I love Mary and Colin. And I love all their, their outfits and their like sort of karate pyjamas. And I'd live in that bunker with them. I feel like... You get milk, you get meat in boxes, you get some tins of stuff. <laughs> He's so hysterical. Occasionally, though, if you're lucky, he? you get a snippet of the news as well on the, yeah, on the back yeah. of the box. Yeah. He's so hysterical, though, yeah. He's like, I just want to get out. Take I felt me like he was gonna... you, Salamander. You know? I felt like he was going to break into song at any point. Like, I just want to get out. The time has come. (laughs) No, he was so, so dramatic. It's, oh, yeah, we like them. Are we doing Enemy of the World, the musical? No. (laughs) Sounds like it. (laughs) No. But that's so left field. That twist is just so left field. It's great. It's great. Like, there is nothing to indicate to either. Like, you know, because you're... You are wondering a little bit, like, how is he, like, um, be, how is he able to predict these things? Well, like, I forgot about that. Yeah. You, you met, they mentioned at the beginning of the story about, you know, the Earth disasters yeah. and stuff. But you, by this point, you've forgotten. Yeah. Because, uh, you, you know, you've been, you've just been following this story of someone being killed, basically, you know. You're so in that. It's so good. I, I mean, we finished at that point for uh, the day, but I was like, this is a really good place for it to go and a good cliffhanger. It's great. And you're definitely right because especially with like six parters, uh, you definitely need to inject yeah. like something new to like keep you going towards the end. And one yeah. of the things um, I just found really interesting about The Enemy of the World as well is that it doesn't really... Uh, at least when it introduces something new, it doesn't stop for very long to explain uh, and ex- uh, do heavy exposition. So when they first arrive, there isn't a lot of w- conventional world building on like, you know, we're in Australia in 2018 and the UN has, and this has happened and that has happened. You just slap bang straight into the action. And yeah, similarly yeah. in that episode, you just end up in the bunker and you just have to catch up with wherever the script is going. Which I yeah, think is really rewarding. It's something we've talked about actually recently, but there is this sort of expectation with these episodes of Doctor Who that the audience, you have to pick up and run with it and you have to keep up. Like they don't spoon feed you. And it's been like that for a few of these episodes mm-hmm. now where like, you know, you just, you arrive and you're in it and you keep up. 
like or you know a lot more the audiences in the 60s obviously knew a lot more and were smarter to be able to keep up even like the languages change in different things because the episodes can be so different you know the language that people are using and this sort of this spacey talk as well all that like so then like you know you could be with a tibet monk like and and that it it's so like but the audience you just have to keep with it you have to keep going they they have to do it at a certain pace because what's happening is so absurd that if you stop to think about it for a second you're like okay i'm i'm not buying this with this twist like those people down in that base are staggeringly naive, aren't they? Like, yeah. they've, been, they've been taken underground and told that the whole earth with no evidence whatsoever. Yeah. I would be asking questions, like big questions. And when Astrid goes down there, they all get their brooms out. They all have a managed to all, all have, a broom. have a broom. I don't know how many brooms they've got how down many there. Broom? Yeah, they've they all, all, all got a broom. A broom. <laughs> it's the cleanest bunker on record. <laughs> That's all they got. Just. That's all they're doing, just sweeping this small room. Oh, <laughs> look them. So somehow it works, doesn't it? Like, even though yeah. it is bizarre. We, we can either this... whack you with a broom or cause a volcanic eruption. There's no <laughs> between. <laughs> we need the Mary and Colin adventures. Them growing up in that bunker. Yeah, that's the spin-off we need. That's the spin-off. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So give Big mm. Finish any ideas, all right? Yeah. yeah. And Astrid can fly them around in a helicopter and everything. They can go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Because Astrid Astrid goes down to to rescue them, doesn't she? Yes. But um, just going back, um, so I I don't know the guy that's in the bunk. I don't know his name. I called him Karate Man on my notes because he looks like he's wearing his karate. He's the one that goes up with Salamander. Yeah. Because he finds a newspaper thing, doesn't he? And then again, that was a shocking cliffhanger where Mm. you don't see him being hit over the head or whatever happens. You, just you know it's coming, coming, though, don't you? You just know Salamander's going to yeah. do it at some point. But yeah. all, but you hear this cry. Astrid hears this crying in these bushes or all these sort of Christmas tree area. Uh, <laughs> she's climbing through all them trees and stuff for ages and finds him. Um, actually, all the cliffhangers are... Well, they are big moments, but they're just these sort of close-ups of people's faces. A lot of the cliffhangers, weren't they? They yeah, were just this yeah. moment. There's nothing like a... It's not a scream or a... It's not you know, like moments of jeopardy, is it? Yeah, it's not. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's just a. There's like one line. There's a line and a look, and then it's and a big close up, and that's it. They're all like that, aren't they? Yeah, but they are like interesting moments of tension because, like, the cliffhanger for episode one, for example, is literally: Can the Doctor do a good impersonation of a Mexican world leader? Yeah. <laughs> In episode three, there's this wonderful cliffhanger where it's like, it was you. Or someone like you. <laughs> yeah, they're all like that, aren't they? They're That's really. So this is it. It's a shame, actually, that we did stop. I'm glad we did, uh, but we stopped at the best cliffhanger, the one where you were like, "I want to know what's going." Whereas all the other ones, this point, the story's been good enough to sustain, but the cliffhangers have been crap. They have just these long stills on people's faces, don't they? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like great. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we have um, Giles I've put Giles ketchup on head where he pretends to be knocked out at some point I got I started to get a little bit lost I think this is where my broadband might have been happening yes we got a little bit sort of off track I'm not sure because Giles because does he he disappears for a little while doesn't he for a couple of episodes and he sort of picks back up again and then I'm just I'm just reading my notes (laughs) I've just got Giles ketchup on head Karate Man Astrid finds him 
<laughs> and then I've got Salamander upstairs. As a little aside, the guard, Salamander needs new security because they're terrible. People waltz into that security complex. <laughs> People have tomato ketchup on their head and they don't... Well, uh, Jamie did try to tell him, <laughs> to be fair. But he did that by staging like the world's worst terrorist attack with that bomb that was going off in the shrubbery. Yeah. 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 Do you know, um, uh, I think in my notes, when you know when they do the bomb plot, I was like, is this Doctor Who doing the night manager? Yeah. <laughs> because that's what happens. Yeah. He, they threaten a, a, a highly respected um, international kind of philanthropist and benefactor, and Jamie is invited into... Jamie, Jamie is Tom Hiddleston. That, that's the takeaway. <laughs> that's we then, go into the final episode. And then we go into the final. So Salamander, you're not sure where Salamander is because he's for a while. Yeah. I was wondering where he's going to turn up next. I've written soup because they're all eating soup downstairs in the bunker. Soup. <laughs> nice little ladle of soup. Uh, <laughs> and then ju- and then it's the reveal. Nice and creamy just, as well with milk. Just, yeah, yes. Yeah. They've made, they're very good at making soup. Mary and Collins soup. <gasps> that's a good idea. Uh. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the second have, reveal, isn't it? Like you just said, the reveal then, of Charles yeah. Kent. You've got the and reveal of the Charles bunker Kent. and the reveal yeah. of Charles Kent. And t- stories don't usually pull off one decent twist, let alone two. Yeah. And it, but it's all wrapped up very quickly. I feel like I say this all the time on here. This it's really all wrapped was. up very, very quickly because this explosion happened. Well, Charles Kent gets shot. Yeah. A uh, lot happens. And then the bomb goes off. You never see Mary and Colin again after that bomb. That's the no. most concerning moment for me. They're all in that room. They're dead. They're dead. No. I can't believe that they finally got up there and... They can't be dead. They they just can't be. Do they get but, a scene no, where they're like, ah, oh, fresh air or anything like that? I can't remember. No, they no, just no. come up and like... Astrid brings them up. They're all in that room. You've got Mary, Colin, Astrid, Doctor and... Maybe Bruce is there. Oh, and the, Bruce the whole gets explosion it, yeah. goes. Astrid, the Doctor, come out of that room. Mary and Colin do not come out of that room. That is the last we see of them. I was the last, so well, upset. The, the about last that. you see is when everything's falling over yeah, and, and they're like, all oh, together. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. That's all you see. Chaotic, isn't it? It's like yeah. madness is going on, and, and then it. we never. Oh, yeah. because then Astrid's like, right, I'm going to go and get the rest of the people. And then you don't see Astrid, you don't see anyone else. She and cuts we were the like, target. the rest That's of the it. people, what about these two people? What about yes. Mary and Colin? What about Mary and Colin? I'm just... No, oh, that's There's what the spin-off's about. That's Astrid <laughs> trying to find them. It, but, it's so quick. There's not even a... You, you, it's just chaos. It's left yeah. with chaos. And then you get the salamander getting on the TARDIS. Yeah, and that's really great. Get... But isn't that terrific? That's that, is such, that is an amazing scene, yeah. I was like... Is is he going with them? Is this like carrying on? Like it, I had a moment of like <laughs> Salamander's it, a new companion. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> is he like what's going to happen here? Um, I knew it was the last episode though, so yeah. I, it's sad that you don't get to see at least some get you down see, to the base. You don't see what else happens in that world. You don't see then what who takes over, who does what. Don't you find that a lot just, though with these trial yeah. stories? They skip off at the end really quickly. They do. Well, I suppose they did at the end at the end of the Ice Warriors they did. But yeah. at least everything was, you know, they were getting up and resetting the computer and stuff. But this, you're still there's still chaos going on. There's there's still people trapped underground. And what happens to I wanna know. I wanna know. <laughs> it's it's like a it's like a choose your own adventure, Doctor Who story. You write your yeah. own ending. So it's yeah. singularly unique to every person. 
It's I, I killed them off, but you you know you had them survive and get married and. <laughs> Mary and Colin. Oh, oh we like them. <laughs> and we liked um, Faria. And never see it again. Yeah, exactly. And, and Astrid. Astrid. Astrid, like, all you want to know is, like, what they... Do, do they make it to the bunker? We see them alive on the screen, the people down there. Yeah. Um, but, like, I think it's a fact that everything is still in so much danger and peril when yeah. they leave. Do you know, like, it's not like, a, oh, things are calm, right, we need to get them out. You're like, okay, that's going to happen. It's like... No, it's going to explode. Like, we need to get these people out. I know how. We don't know if they're going to... Like, we literally have no idea what happened. And you think, like, after six episodes of these people, they deserve some kind of conclusion. They do. Yeah. 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 It's just... It's it's such... They just need another five minutes. And like I said... And I never say that. Like I said, there's no... There's no... (laughs) No Jamie and Victoria in that last scene again. Mm. Yeah. It's just... They're they're in the TARDIS scene, aren't they? Well, they're yeah. in the TARDIS on film, but they're not in anything any to do with that last episode of the bomb or any of that stuff. No, I still can't believe yeah, they managed to, to like pull off the split screen thing of the two Doctors in one shot. Yeah, because I think, I think apparently there was supposed to be more of that. They filmed some more of that, but the camera didn't. The camera jammed or something happened. I think that was supposed to be more of a showdown. But even that, just with that one shot, though, is. Perfect. Imagine if they hadn't have done that confrontation between the two of them, there would have been something massive missing in this story, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because, like, of, I was worried there was going to be, like, another fake doctor. What do you mean? Like, you know when we had, um, in your favourite story, The Chase? A robot doctor? Yeah, but it's fake doctor, isn't it? Like, yeah. it's unpretending. What? Are you, what? You thought it was a robot? What? No! <laughs> I thought that they might have someone... Pretending. Oh, I see. oh, to, sorry. Production wise, they would yes. have someone dressed up as Patrick. Tra- oh, okay, yes. I see. Right, uh, that's what you mean. Yeah, like a lookalike. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. a bad look. Yeah, like no, robot doctor. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, I see what yeah. you mean now. Yeah, robot doctor, like fake actor. Yes. Yeah. But they didn't. No, they actually went. Yeah, they actually did the thing. Yeah. It's good. How amazing yeah. is it that he gets sucked out of the TARDIS doors in flight? <laughs> Yeah. And uh, it's yeah. good. Like it's really good. Jamie, I like that Jamie clutches onto the pillar and it should definitely topple over and fall out, but he's somehow <laughs> rooted to the spot. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many weird things like that and, and off he goes and that's that. It, again, Do you think though, they did that, though? Do you think they had, a, like, a rope on his foot and they just dragged him out the door? <laughs> I don't know. They must have. They must have. Because... But it's just, it's it's weird because actually it's a bit of a cop-out as well. Like, I wanted some sort of, like, more confrontation-y thing of, like, to get him out, whereas actually they're all hanging and he's just... And it happens really quickly, the whole thing. The Doctor's literally and we have that one scene and then it, he's gone. And then it's like, woof, woof, woof. You know what it should have yeah. been? It should have, he should have had, like, a political downfall, like like one of those moments where someone's exposed... And yeah, he's, he's yeah. been such like a because, political animal throughout the whole story. Yeah, and the Doctor in particular in this story makes such a big fuss about having evidence and having tangible proof. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's because they need to get Patrick Trout. And, like, the Doctor can't do anything because he's playing Salamander. So he's basically, I'm not getting involved with this story, all right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, not unless right. I have a good reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. But you're right. Like, from an evidence point of view... That was so crucial, and bec- and it's just all in the middle of this chaos, and then they're gone. It's all yeah. It's very. It just needed a bit longer. I have a geographical question. 
So the TARDIS lands in Australia. Where where is the the underground bunker? Because it's in Salamander's facility, which I thought they said was in Hungary. Yeah, because it it takes like two hours by rocket or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I was just like, did Salamander (laughs) just walk through caves that led him to that one beach in Australia? Is that what happened? Oh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Did he just (laughs) cross the ocean? Yeah, because we were saying, like... It's a long tunnel, all right? Like, well, because you see him in the rocket going down. Astrid walks down there very quickly. That is a good point, isn't it? You talk about the locations. How refreshing is it in this season where every story is, like, in one location, basically in one base. They're travelling, like, the whole world in this story. It's really nice. Like, And there's no monsters, um, just some, just great characters. The last time we didn't have monsters was the Highlanders. Yeah, that was poor. <laughs> that was poor. I think you're right with the ending as well because I the thing I found really strange was that they you know you see him fly off into the vortex and then it cuts to credits because <clears> I was expecting yes. some kind of like moment where you know uh, the Doctor closes the doors and does like a yeah. little thing. And, about well, like, oh, you know. You say that in the next story, which have you guys seen yet? No, no we haven't. We haven't. No, got... so you can't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say Sarah. Can I just say oh, one? No, you can't. You can't. Oh, no. Okay, okay. No. This, yeah. You have to suffer Mark's pain, constant pain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Now, Mark, I, I feel your pain. <laughs> well, I was going to say, so. No, what... We're in their house. We play by their rules. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> What do you think happens next? So I will. I haven't told you what the next story is called yet. No, you haven't. Go on. Okay, so it's called The Web of Fear. Oh, okay. So what do you think? Um, or how do you think it's going to carry on? It's nothing on? to do with... Do you remember the Keys of Marinus episode two is called The Velvet Web? It's nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think there's going to be aliens. Um, I think it'll be a jungle. Oh, okay. Setting. <laughs> Yeah. I haven't seen it, so I know nothing. Have you not? Never, no. You've got a brick box, oh, wow. young man. Go and oh watch that. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> oh, it, when it cooperates, it's, it's a very <laughs> finicky thing. It is. It is a very finicky thing. Right. Right. Well, so we got to the end of the story, so, but we've got one more thing to do, which we usually do. Oh, right, yes. Um which I haven't told you guys, actually. So as we're going to play one quick round of Guess the Monster, Joe versus Jack. <laughs> uh, so there are th- we've, I've got three Battles in Time cards here with monsters on, which Sarah is going to describe. Uh, so, oh, it's this game. So you, just have to sh- you just have to shout out when, what you think it is. Uh, and uh, best of three. So... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so, are you ready? Are you ready? Okay. Uh, this is the first I've seen these cards. So. Can I just say, though, before we start, uh, Sarah, I got every single one of your competition ones and I never entered. Uh... And I got them all. Uh, so, just to say, these are classic monsters. Okay. Classic yes, series. They're classic. Okay? The classics. Okay. And I think, I think they're fairly... I think you should be able to get them. We'll find okay, out. Here we go. Okay. This one is circular... It's got like, but it's got like diamond, uh, diamonds, triangles that make up the sphere. Um, it's silver on here, but 
Mark believes it could be gold. Um, and it's shooting fire. It's a first doctor. Circular. It's got so it's a big circular metal. It's got like um It's not a, a chumbly no, it's not a chumbly. No, it's big. Uh it's got like then from the top of it something that sticks up and like spins around. But it seems to be shooting fire. I know this one. So I'm Is trying it like, to like it's yeah. a mechanoid, yeah. <laughs> you both said that at the same time, so that's a point There each. we are, point <laughs> Okay. Oh, I have not met this one yet. So. How do we describe this? Okay, it's like, oh, I can't think of any way to describe this. This isn't rude. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to go for it. It kind of looks like a really ill deformed penis with a face <laughs> right and like it's got load of blotches on it i could literally be 10 monsters <laughs> <laughs> it's got like craters like like not craters like suctionly cratery things like it looks like it's by the sea so it's 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 a- yes yes, yes oh, it's, it's a zygon okay okay this one Kind of looks. Imagine a horse with red eyes. The gum. <laughs> is it the gum? No. I'm, I'm saying a horse. Like a horse is sort of like long face, but red eyes. And then it's got like um, gold things pointing out. Is it a lion? Yes. Oh, you won that good. by one point. Well done, Jack. Oh, amazing. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Jack, imagine if we hadn't yeah. have got the Nymon. Oh, that would have been awful. We would have had to rename the podcast or just end it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think um, I think the hovercraft's on its way to get us to take the uh, caravan. <laughs> oh, there's Astrid. We'll be in, we'll be over in a minute. Uh. Um, <laughs> Astrid's outside. Uh, <laughs> I've been looking so, forward to this all um, day. <laughs> <laughs> the fact she isn't a companion will always make me cross. Yeah. Oh, I know. She'd she have been great. She needs to come back. She well, should have been part of her own, like, 60s spy show. Set in yes. The yes. Well, there she is. Well, she's waiting for us. And we've got of to pick up this crockery and stuff. So thank you both for joining us. Thank you both. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Where can people find your podcast? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, Joe, why don't you take this bit? Uh, Where can people find our podcast? (laughs) I introduced us. This is your turn. Uh, (laughs) So basically, all available podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, um, Anchor, Pocket Cast, Spotify. um, And uh, we've got a Facebook page and we've got a Twitter page. What's the Twitter handle, Jack? Uh, At Nymon Podcast. And just put the nine on be praised mm. in um, Facebook. I promise you there's not another page out there called that. Mm. <laughs> and, and Joe is also in the middle of doing his own commentary podcast series, which I feel like you should plug. Of which yes. Mark and Sarah have recently oh, yes. dared yeah. to do six entire, my first six-parter of The Keys of Marinus. Yeah, that's the first one, first one that... Sarah's watched again. Yes, that was my first rewatch of an episode. 
featuring the massacre of the Wicker Man that, that went out on air. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> And that's called a hamster with a blunt pen knife. Oh, thanks, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> do, you want a jo- do you want a job as my market, you man? <laughs> cool. Um, well, and oh, I, I'll do. Um, what do we usually say? I've got. I've forgotten. Sorry, I was Mark, listening to you guys. No, I was Mark, not. I was listening. To, you um, never remember what you say okay. at the end. Like, what do we I, say? What do we say? Right. Okay. Yeah, you always say, "Well, and we'll, well, you can find us on." <laughs> Say it like that. Yeah, you do. You go, oh, okay. and you can find us on. I never listen. Okay. Um, I we'll would just, I would just time. do that. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Two Watch Who. We will see you next time for the Web of Fear. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> bye. 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 Two Watch Who.